Hi there, and thank you for joining us on this podcast. I'm going to be honest, I just clicked the record button and I don't think I was entirely ready. Uh, We're going to go with this anyway. Today we are talking about YouTube. I have mentioned this in the previous uh, sessions, in the previous two podcasts, uh, so I've led my way up to it. And if you do like what you're hearing, then please do hit me up, join me at Twitter. Uh, tea and toast uh, or like and follow or subscribe to these podcasts um i've actually recently just added myself to amazon which i thought i already had but i didn't um so you can find me on amazon as well as google spotify and apple and a whole bunch of other places like outcast so i'm supposed to be talking about youtube today and i feel a little bit bad about this because whilst i've done the podcast, I went through a system of having a process of doing YouTube videos that was live and current. So I would do the topics. <clears throat> and then when I did a topic that day or the next day, I would have it published and gone out. And I don't do what a lot of people do, which is they don't talk about their editing, but they tend to farm it off. Um, all of the top big YouTube people tend to do that. And I'm not in that place to feel like I can afford to do that regularly. So for consistency, I just don't do it. And I edit it. And I've got a process that I'm down to a T and I just, I'm able to do it. It just takes up time. So if you want to know about how I do podcasts and stuff, then you can catch me over on the previous um, two podcasts. But essentially with YouTube, what's happened is I burnt out a little bit, which isn't nice to say. Um, but I think I will go back to it. And I think if you want to do YouTube, that's one of the things that I would suggest is that you firstly plan and deliver, deliver, meaning do it no matter what. Um, don't just keep saying, I'm going to do it and then not do it. You just need to get on with it and do it. And that was the hardest bit for me was, having the get up to say, do you know, I'm just going to do it. And when I just did it, I just did it. And then every week I just by accident did it and it just became a habit. And for me, my reasoning for dropping off it is because on the podcast side, I was chunking it out. So I was doing uh, sections ahead of time and scheduling it. So I was trying to do that with YouTube, but I couldn't. So I, every week I was doing YouTube and that took up a lot of time. So I would maybe need to consider how I might do that better. But either way I look at it, YouTube for me does take more time. It takes a lot more time and effort than podcasts do. Podcasts are things that we need to have thought out. And I think that podcasts are hard to get a lot of things right. But then there are so many more other things that we could uh, get wrong and miss on YouTube. And in the past uh, podcast, well, in the past podcast, we were talking about podcasts, which is a bit strange. So we were talking about some of the things that you need to do to plan ahead to gain order when you're doing your podcast. And if you missed that, then jump on over to the one just before this. And it gives you a full list. Now, 
really, I'm going to try and not, I might touch on some of this stuff, but other than what was mentioned, there are a whole bunch of other things that YouTube has that you just need to be aware of. So one of the things that I mentioned was about microphone and technical stuff and having time around the microphone. Um, and for me, the video work is the same in that the setup has to be done in a certain way. So I use um, an SLR camera and it has a one-way viewer because it's an older SLR camera. So I can't see myself talk. So then I've got to plug it up to the monitor or the TV or something. And then I can then focus myself. And literally every time I sit with the window open with the light coming in. And if you've watched enough videos, then you'll know how to do lighting, but that's one of the barriers. If you haven't, or even if you have, my experience is that lighting is always an issue. So I tend to then add, uh, because I do this in my, my, my living room. So we have the main light and we have a lamp, which kind of has background kind of general light almost, but it's faded. And then I'll have an intense ring light that, needs to be a lot stronger to be honest but it's there and it lights up that side of my face that's really dark and it really adds depth now i could talk about lighting forever um but if you are an arts organization if you've done contemporary or modern dance then especially when you're watching it as a performer but definitely when you're choreographing and then you talk to how you might lay out the lighting <clears throat> then one of the things that they do is they light from the side. And the reason for that is you can see the body of the dancer moving around. So when you see them moving around, you you understand the depth of where and when they move, but within a blink of an eye. And that's the reason for why lighting can be quite bleak at times and is often lit from the side and directly to the side. When you're doing lighting, like the, it's irrelevant in a way, but I always think of that. And I always think of films when film structures are done, they do three point lighting and they do three point lighting in the sense that they actively don't light or light more at one side. And for me, I just feel better if the lighting is balanced and that you can see all of my face rather than one half being dark. And it just shows a lot more quality in the overall thing. And in particular, if you've got a really good camera, then that's really great because that's going to show that off. The downside to having all this tech is that you then take your stuff and you need to then put it onto your computer and you need to edit it. And that whole process of transferring that file takes time because that's a large file size. Um, and I can't stress that enough because that is simply it, is that you need to factor that time in. But in multiplication because when you've then done that your computer will manage its cache and system and it will be a fast or a slow computer based on how much you're processing so depending on the size and quality of what you're doing so when you're then editing and you're editing it might seem like you're it's intensive on that um graphics card but even more so when you then finish exporting it will take time and for me one of the things that I've learned is that I seem to feel like when I use iMovie, because I use a Mac, um, if I ever use iMovie, then that's really cool. But 
Premiere, the same as I said in the podcast, Premiere is great for editing and it's like kind of your top end in a way. Um, but I don't really want to edit. I don't need to color grade as much. I don't, I just want to go bish, bash, bosh, done. And I'm not into that color grading because I light so well. Because my lighting and that is good, I'm happy with it. So I don't feel the need to do the wash. I know some people have a style and a system. Um, and whatever your video looks like style-wise, that's what you need to replicate. So there is a color grading that goes on that you would do in Premiere. But then if you did that, you would then also need to do all of that work on top and the editing and the fancy transitions, and then also export that file and then upload that file to YouTube. So that's a process on its own. And I think iMovie tried to do something much simpler where you would put it up there and you kind of do it through iMovie. My problem with that is just quite simply that I'm happy to use iMovie to get things together, um, but I want to export and manually put myself through that pace so that I'm able to export at the highest, best possible file size. Now, the only drawback is that it takes time to export and that's a huge file size. And then I need to upload that to YouTube and that takes time because it's a big file size, but the quality is maintained. So you kind of need to for that. If I just left iMovie to do it on its own and automate it, my experience tells me that it just, it reduces the quality. And I don't know why it did that for me, but in my case, it reduced the quality every time. So I, I just said, look, I don't want to do this. I'm just going to do it myself and I want to maintain control. I want to customize everything so that I know that it does what I want it to do. Um, so I make some of the edits and some of the edits in iMovie are really simple and they're really cheesy, but like zooms and that cut zoom is great. And I don't need it to be fancy. I just need it to get to the point. And I need it to say what I want to say in the same way as I've described this as the same in the previous two podcasts about my styling of being organic and free. And I try and do that with YouTube, but editing is needed more so um in video so when you're doing youtube it's really good to bear that in mind um one of the top things that i think people might miss is not having like a, a credit screen so like an introduction and i've got one and i'm happy with mine and if i was external i might critique it as oh it's too long but I don't know. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm being completely biased and just saying I love the intro that I've got. I do want to change it at some point in the future, a long, long way down the line, just not yet, anytime soon. But also, rather than just having that credit sequence, so mine's 37 seconds, I think, you have, you only need it 10 or 20 seconds. You can have it like five seconds long. That's It just needs to be branded, I suppose. And I think... The other tip I'd give you is to switch it. So when you start your video, um, I don't always do it, but I do try to do it more and more where I start with an introduction of what I'm going to be talking about. So it's a little bit like a presentation. Look, this is what I'm going to be talking to you about. And then I'm going to say it and then I'm going to review and just repeat what I've already talked to you about. And when you get that first introduction piece of what I'm, what am I going to be talking to you about? I'm going to be talking to you about this and then get that and edit that as a section so that then after that, 
you can insert your credit. And often that works quite well because you capture people and it's not all about the branding. And I know I don't do that, um, but sometimes I play it up, mix it up. But either way, um, having a credit, like an actual start is great. And I find having an ending is, for me, quite nice because it's like, yeah, that's the end. Done. Um, also adding cards, like little thumbnails at the end. So having that is really great because YouTube just generates that. So I would definitely think about having a series of videos and then having stuff that you just add in. And once you add it on one, it's easy just to apply it on the next one. And if you're starting out as a social enterprise, we all, I know that you all do amazing work. So you're probably less digital savvy as in, you might be great with technology or you might not be, but either way, every time you come across this and every time you do something digital, it tends to it tends to take you time to get, okay, I need to do this, this, and get everything, get your ducks in a line. And that's kind of normal is to have that first period of, oh, I'm not sure how to do this or I've forgotten, or it's going to take a little bit longer because I'm still trying to reapply my technical knowledge. When the, the business that you're running, the that's going to benefit the community is nothing to do with digital, but it is a value for you to have video or audio and text uh, as a, some sort of content blog post or something, because all of that is needed for just in case if somebody comes across your site. Also, if you think about disabilities and um, people that have uh, visual impairment or have difficulty with hearing and hearing impairments, it's important to have, different types of media for different people to provide them access to your content and make it available as well as link building and increasing your presence online. It's just really vital that we all try and do that because at the end of the day, everyone's not going to do it and it is challenging. So the people that do do it are on the radar and they might not be great, but if you do do it loads and loads and you get better and better, then you're going to be in that kind of bracket of mediocre to really good and you'll just be known um, either on YouTube or on podcasts, you know, on whichever platform. So it's really vital to give it a go, get out there and do your YouTube. And I just wanted to share with you some of the things that I picked up along the way. Um, and I think the biggest thing I can say to you is if you fall off the wagon after doing a bit and you burn out, and that's fine. You can either do that regularly every week or every month, or you can chunk it so you can do all of it at once and then edit them and spend a day or two doing that and then going, I've got the next five weeks of whatever it might be. Um, I know a lot of people do go to Fiverr um, or sites like that where they kind of farm that off and say, there you go. And the top trick there is um, they farm it off um, late in the day so that the, the other person receives it in their version of the morning, which would be nighttime in land of America or land of the UK. And that means that when you wake up, they've got their files ready. They can just upload it, bang, there, go. And it's really great to do that if you've got that financial kind of investment. Um, but like I say, I, I just want to do it myself and I'm happy. And I think just giving it time. Um, I think that's one of the biggest assets that I have. One of the biggest things that, um, potentially new clients don't understand about what I offer is that sounding board, giving you that support and advice, handholding, saying you can do this. 
um, giving you the support and saying, well, this is the content you might want to have in it. How does it relate to your website? And those things are really important too. So if you've got any questions around that, then please do hit me up. If you do like this podcast and you're listening to it right to the end, then really just tell me and tell the world that it's good because it, I would appreciate you passing that info forward. Um, you can get me at tea and toast on Twitter, or you can get me here now and like me, follow me and subscribe to me or whatever. And yeah, just stay tuned for the next podcast. Uh, the next ones are going to be all about brave or WordPress, um, or even Google search engine console. So until then, thank you for listening and speak to you soon. See you soon. Welcome to Tim Podcast.